Thanks for tuning in to Real Talk with Michelle, the podcast about purpose, where we discuss what it truly means to live your best life now. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Real Talk with Michelle podcast. This is episode number 59, Real Talk about healing the mother wound with Allie Brown from the Shades of Brown podcast. Welcome, Allie. Hello, hello, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you on the episode as well. Um, just to share a little bit with the audience, I know Ali um, as a client friend because I call all the clients at Eastside Nails client friends because we have the best conversations. So I always yeah. feel like I already know them. So I call them client friends. Um, and Ali, if you want, you can just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, as Michelle said, uh, I am a, I'm a client friend. Uh, I absolutely love Eastside Nails. And I don't just say this because I'm talking, you know, with Michelle, but I tell everyone Eastside Nails is absolutely the most amazing nail salon uh, I have ever been to. Um, it's incredible. It doesn't feel like you're a client. It literally feels like you're just with, with your girls kicking it while you're getting your nails. Yes. So, yes, I love that place. Okay, so I am Allison Brown, also known as Allie B. And I'm the host of Shades of Brown Podcast. It's a podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. And I'm also a mother wound healing coach. Um, I help sons and daughters uh, start their journey of healing from their mother wound. Yes, and that is such a big part of healing. The Real Talk of Michelle podcast is really into helping people of color, much like ourselves, heal from things that we might not have even known that we needed healing from. And I have kind of, I, I can't even remember how I came to it, but I ended up, of course, like, having maybe like a little tiff with my mother and it just led me down, you know, our lovely friend Google's rabbit hole. And I started (laughs) um, reading up on the mother wound and um, Allie, just kind of share with the people what is the mother wound? Sure, sure. It's a fairly new term. Um, Most of us are uh, familiar with um, the more common issue, which is daddy issues, right? Yes. Um, It's not... Uh, although the mother wound is common, we don't talk about it often, so it's not a you know a, a term that we hear often. Therefore, there is no official uh, definition for it. There are some studies on it by all kinds of psychologists and doctors and PhDs and that and sort of that thing. But I actually have my own definition. Yes, um, that is a mother wound is an emotional injury caused by a deficit in the mother-child relationship that creates self-critical and codependent behaviors. Mm. And um, it's it's something that's formed in your early childhood. And the thing about it is when the wound isn't healed, it remains. And our in, in the place where we were wounded, whether we were five years old, seven years old, 17 years old, that inner child remains. So we grow up, we advance, we progress Right. You know, we're in our 30s or 40s or whatever. Right. And we believe we've gone on. But the inner child within us that is wounded, that 
that person is still controlling us. It's controlling our behaviors. It's controlling our relationships. It's a driving force of our entire reality. And a lot of times we don't even know it. We, we think that, you know, we hear stuff like, well, that's just how I am. Right. And this is just who I am. That's my personality. Um, and, and some of us will even blood on our zodiac signs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is, when you start digging, you will realize that all of these personality traits are are, are rooted in your mother wound. Um, so maybe that is who you are, but it's the traumatized version of who you are. It's the unhealed version of who you are. Um, so. It's my goal to help folks unlayer that stuff, peel that onion and get to the root of um, who you really are outside of your trauma, outside of your wounds, outside of all of your pain. Because there's there's someone in there within you that is pure and that is screaming for healing. Yeah, um, that really, really, really wants to be whole. And it's my job to, to help you find that that person to help you quiet your inner child we don't want to push our inner child away but we do want to quiet them and and, and manage them especially if they're wounded exactly um especially if they're wounded um how would someone know like how does this show up in someone's life like how will they know um yeah that some of these things that they're saying this is just my personality what what does that look like yeah yeah so the mother bone shows up in many ways um we can't blanket it and i and i'm very careful not to just label anyone with pain or anyone with you know maybe you had an argument with your mom like i don't want to just label you like oh you got a mother bone you know i'm very careful to do that yes. uh, typically mother bones show up like i said it typically forms in your childhood and maybe you thought you know for for me i just thought that i just had a you know I didn't have the picture perfect relationship with my mom. I didn't know it was a mother wound. You know, I just thought I'm just like any other teenager or mm-hmm. any other preteen, you know, who's having, you know, issues with their mom. Um, so I never put language to it until just a few years ago, actually. Um, okay. But for me, I, I can show you, uh, I can tell you how it shows up for me and then some other general ways. Um, typically, you had a mother present. So this is not someone who, you know, you were physically abandoned. Maybe that too, but a lot of times people with mother wounds actually had their mother in their lives. But the mother was physically present, just not emotionally. Mm -hmm. So maybe you felt emotionally neglected. Maybe you didn't feel seen, heard, or valued. Maybe you felt ignored, um, that your your needs were not important, that um, you were just a lot, you were a nuisance. Mm. Um, And as a child, because we all have the same um, physiological needs, we all have the same safety needs, um, when these are not met, even though they're maybe your uh, you had your housing, your, your you know food, clothes, and shelter, you had your basic needs, um, but right. those emotional needs weren't met. So the same void would be created, even though it's an emotional need, right? So yeah, uh, because some people think that just because because I've had people tell me like, oh, like you're complaining about nothing because. I had all the things, like you said, the house, (laughs) I was given things, gifts, I could pretty much have what I wanted, but I wanted a hug. I didn't really get that. You know, hello. Oh. hello. I uh, I um, was I was the kid known that pe- people actually thought I was a rich kid. I was not. Same. <laughs> um, but 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 people 
people assume that because of the house we lived in, like everyone knew where we lived, um, because of the, the cars that my parents drove. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are uh, pastors, right? So I'm the preacher's kid. So oh, it, on yeah. the outside, it looks like I have the perfect life. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, we, we, we lived all over. We would travel typically for church ministry. You know, we had everything we wanted physically. Right. Um, our parents were there physically, right? Um, so on the outside, it's like, girl, what you complaining about? You know, the, you, you're, you're just spoiled. You're just finding things to um, to complain about. Mm-hmm. And people do this comparison game where they say, if your trauma isn't as bad as my trauma, then your trauma isn't invalidated. But that's mm-hmm. not true. Very um, much. Regardless of what your stuff is, like re- regardless of your pain, I have my own. My story is my own. My truth is my own. And I can't sit here and compare because what happens is when you are traumatized, specifically with stuff like this, where there is not, t- it's not tangible or, or visible. Yes. Um, a lot of times you'll, you'll dumb yourself down or minimize your own pain. Like, well, well at least my parents were there, you know? Mm-hmm. And what you do is you erase your pain and you can't deal with it if you don't address it. You know, you can't heal from it if you leave it unaddressed. So we can't compare our trauma. So sure, maybe your mother was there physically. Sure, maybe your mother did provide for you the best way she could. Sure, maybe, you know, um, she did a ton of things right. And we can praise that. We can honor her for that. However, come right. <laughs> um, all those things can be true, and yet there's still the same mother one. I'm all about two things can be true. I'm all about the new one. It's this and that. It's not this or that. It's both and. Um, so yeah, you can have an incredible um, woman of a mother and still have a mother one. Um, so it shows up in people. Here are some examples. Maybe you are maybe you are a perfectionist. Maybe mm-hmm. you think you know you're just a high achiever. Um, but truth is, you're you. Uh, a lot of times, you have a hard time asking for help because you may deem that as a sign of weakness or incompetence. Um, you feel the need to overachieve due to a lack of acceptance in your childhood. Mm-hmm. You have this need to prove your worth and value to both yourself and others. Um, yes. And what happens is this overachieving, it gives you a false sense of value because people are typically impressed with how well you perform and deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that impression, it reinforces your need to perform exceptionally well at all times. Um, so this perfectionism thing is something that a lot of folks wear as a badge of honor, but a lot of times, well, most times perfectionism is a trauma response and it could be related to your mother wound. Um, that's a big, big one for me. Like, ooh, it's mm-hmm. so hard. It's that one is like a real hard conditioning for me to try. Like this weekend, I just said I was not gonna make up my bed, and I know somebody might think that's insane, mm-hmm. but for me to just mm-hmm. like spread my bed up where it's like neat and not like yes. make it fully or make sure all these things are like done before I do something else is. Yes. I started to realize, I'm like, this is not normal behavior. Yes. Like, yes. something is there. Yes. Yes. I um, I have not been, like, uh, officially diagnosed with OCD, but I've struggled <laughs> with it uh, mm-hmm. since probably five or six years old, as well as anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of folks think it's just, you know, being germaphobe or whatever, but it's much more beyond that. Um, and for me, it shows up as well as perfectionism in everything. And to the to the point where I 
stressful. Yeah, I would legit stress myself out over things. It's just like, who is going to even see this? I <laughs> know like, no one. Like, who's like, coming in my house, Allie? <laughs> no one even comes <laughs> over here except, like, two people. And yes. I promise you, like, they would not care less if my bed was made or if all these little things were in place. But yes. that is how, when I tell people, I'm like, this is my mother. Like, this is yes. her, like, down to the yes. T. And I know yes. looking like everything was in order was important to her. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's wanting that acceptance, wanting her to just be pleased, wanting to be good enough for her. And I, let me let me say this. I don't want anyone to hear a saying like, well, if I don't make up, make up, make up my bed, that's not related. Like, that's, that's just me wanting to have something neat. So let me right. say this. It's not so much about the behavior or the action. It's the driving factor and the motivation behind it, right? Yes. So if, if, if I'm operating out of a place of love and abundance where, you know, I enjoy peace in my home, so I make up my bed, or I do all these little things that have to be perfect because it makes me feel good, mm-hmm. that is okay. But a lot of times what we do is we operate out of, a, out of fear. The driving force is fear. Where if I don't do this, then this will happen. Or I'm afraid that if I don't do this, they'll think this. Or I'm afraid that, you know, or, uh, if I do this, then that. Yes. So the, so the difference is what is a driving force? We want to make sure we're operating out of a flow of love. Exactly. Love and abundance and not fear. Yeah, and not fear. Because we'll, we can get into this more. But as I speak of all of these different ways when they're going to show up, at the root of all of them is fear. Mm-hmm. This, this, fear, this fear of rejection, fear of not being good enough. Um, so we have to question ourselves and be introspective and say, why am I behaving? Exactly. Is it good for me or am I afraid of something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another big one, another way that shows up, and I am still recovering from this, is people-pleasing. Um, it, it, I... I I say I'm a recovering people pleaser because it's not something that, you know, you just get over it. There's this, you know, uh, this thing in you that just really, really, really wants to be accepted. And not just by your mother, but by everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's rooted in your mother wound because that's where the rejection occurred initially. Um, so lack of acceptance and overall emotional neglect created a void that now makes us place high value on others. Ooh. And low value on ourselves. Girl. So. <laughs> oh my what like this is a tough one for me <laughs> as well. Like that's that's a like I'm just now at 37 years old figuring out who I actually really am because all I was mm. ever trying to do is find a place to like fit and then mm. dis- just disappear. Like I'm a part of it, but I don't really like I can mm. just I'm a part of it enough where I fit in, but I'm not yeah. here to rock the boat or to be the leader yes. or anything. Even though I know I'm probably more or less a good, viable person to be the leader, but I take <laughs> the back seat and I just like yes. just to fit. And we do we do that because the whole you know not 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 rocking the boat because we have this distorted perspective and this distorted outlook that creates a fear of losing people. We just don't want to lose them, even if these people aren't the most amazing people, or even if they aren't our, our people, like you said, you know, you don't quite fit in. They might, they may not even be what we would call our tribe or our community, but we are just, we just don't want to lose people. We, we are afraid of losing people because that would then reinforce the rejection that we feel at, as a child, right? Yes. Losing people says, 
maybe maybe my mom is right. Maybe I'm not worth loving. Maybe I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have this this obsession with pleasing people. And consequently, we place the needs of others before our own. And a lot of times we'll even uh, uh, find ourselves betraying ourselves. We'll betray our own needs for the sake of for somebody else. Um, um, and and here, here's how you'll know you may be a people pleaser. Um, a lot of folks think you're generous and selfless, maybe low maintenance and easygoing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times that is just cold for you are afraid to speak up for yourself and you lack proper boundaries. Yes. You're not low maintenance. Not at all. <laughs> you're, just, you're just afraid to speak up for yourself and you're afraid to implement boundaries. You know, people are like, oh, you know, I, I don't mind. It, it, it doesn't matter. You know, and, and just something as simple as you're out with your friends group of friends or family or whatever and they always pick the restaurant you go to or mm-hmm. they always pick you know the activity you're going to do or they always pick the movie and you're always oh it doesn't matter to me I need to please it doesn't matter yeah you know, I'll find you something well, you've been craving you've been craving crab legs for three weeks and you know good <laughs> well you want to go to get you a crab boil you know but it's like oh you know I'm fine it's whatever yes. and now you're mad and have resentment that they never could consider you well, like, how could they know to consider you when you never speak up for yourself <laughs> you know girl like, people, people pleasing shows up and it shows up everywhere girl it shows up everywhere and it and i get excited talking about it because it's like oh, i hate that it took me so long to figure out that this was rooted in you know fear and my mother won't um but when you begin to unlayer this stuff it's like oh snap like no wonder like that I've actually, I had a friend once to be like, nobody's choosing anything like Michelle is choosing. Like, and she was like really upset. And I was like, what's going on? She was just like, I'm irritated, always having to make decisions for you. And I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. And like, you know, so I'm like, okay, well, look, let's go to this place. And everybody was like, cool. Like, cause it was just like, finally, one time you just said that you had an opinion or that you wanted to do something. And most of the time, the stuff that I wanted to do was really fun and everybody enjoyed themselves. But I was just too scared to just. I, or not even too scared just being like like you said no boundaries whatever mm-hmm. let's go here even if it was a place I was uncomfortable and yep. like didn't really yep. want to be there because like I didn't like the vibe I would still just go and but I'm like a quiet mute person in the corner because I'm not mm-hmm. comfortable and that's like a lack of, of boundaries like not speaking up yes. for yourself which is yes. like you have to be your own advocate which is like you said I yes. hate that I just it took me so long to just be like no <laughs> like, yes. and that is amazing that your friend saw that in you because in that way she was advocating for you but like you said you cannot expect anyone's advocate for, advocate for you nobody's coming to your rescue but what happens is we, we build this disappointment and resentment to Towards other people for not saving us, for not speaking up, and it's like, yo, I I, I don't know nothing about your trauma and why you're not speaking up. All I know is you you're quiet, you don't say much, so we're just gonna keep on going on. Mm-hmm. You can't get mad, you know that that uh, people aren't are, aren't considering you more. Speak up, speak up, and it's not easy. It's a tough process when you have when you have you know typically had no boundaries and then begin to implement them. It's not easy, but you deserve um, to love yourself in a way where you honor you first. 
Exactly. And the love you have for others flows from the self-love, right? Girl, mantra, mantra, mantra of mine is like, <laughs> nobody can love me if I don't love me. And I yes. noticed when I started to just give myself the attention that I wanted, it showed itself in other people because it showed that I cared about myself enough to do and it that attracts people to you it just really does like and I like I try to tell any of my friends that who are out here seeking things outside of self is that something is missing right now within you that you need to try to figure out because that other person Mm -hmm. can't do anything for you until you figure out what it is that you need to pay attention to and address um in the mother wound like one for me that i know a lot of people um kind of go through and don't really know what it is especially women is codependency can you that was the next thing i was gonna say (laughs) touch on that one for the peeps because i see it and it's hard to tell other people that that's what's happening to them yes Yes, absolutely. Um, codependency shows up um, because of our mother wounds. And this is where, uh, this is actually very common. It's so sad because a lot of us think we have these amazing relationships, but really they were um, built upon trauma bond. Yes, yes. Um, and so, so maybe you have this need to be needed. So you attract people who need who need fixing or who need saving, mm-hmm. um, and they rely on you excessively. They rely on you emotionally excessively. Yes. Um, or the other way around, where you rely on people um, excessively, where you emotionally rely on others excessively, where you feel lost or anxious if that person isn't around or they aren't as available. Um, and this is very tricky. It's very tricky because what happens when we have codependent behaviors? We are susceptible to being manipulated by narcissistic people or susceptible mm-hmm. to being narcissists ourselves. We gotta be very, very careful with this. Yes. Um, because when we, when we involve ourselves with these relationships, with these codependent relationships, um, a lot of them are gonna be one sided and they're gonna be emotionally abusive and destructive. Mm hmm. Data to narcissists. Um, That's what I, I like. I, I <laughs> like that. I tell people that is one of the, and I feel like that's what led me to looking up because I was like, this is the second codependent relationship I've been in, and this has been on like the furthest spectrum yeah. of it, where it was alarming. Um, and I think that's yeah. what led me to like fig- like going into the mother wound, and then I started reading yes. into that, and then I was like, "Wow!" Like, mm-hmm. yes. As I began to, uh, you know, I always say healing is a journey. There is no destination. There is no there. You're never getting there, people. It's, like, <laughs> it's yeah, every day. Not, you know, I, I think of it like you know, in biblical terms, you know, from glory to glory, faith to faith. We grow in our healing. We progress more, but there is no there. Yes. Um, so one of the things that I've noticed on my healing journey is that as I've unpacked my relationships, relationships that I just thought were amazing and God sent and just beautiful. And I, I can pick out the beauty in them. However, if I look at the totality of it, they were codependent relationships. They were abusive, not physically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but emotionally or psychologically. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, this isn't okay. It's not okay to need someone or depend on someone that much. And it can even show up in your friendships and, you yes. know, familial or platonic relationships. It's not just romantic relationships that you find codependency. You can find this, you know, with your bestie, yes. with your BFF. Yes. And I you think it's your bestie, but actually. It's a codependent situation. Like they need you because you're the liaison to things, or they need and they, like and, yes. and like you can't have other friends. Like it comes mm-hmm. in many of those ways. And um, in the healing process, I've had to, which I discuss with the audience all the time, like let a lot of people go. And yes. it was because I knew, like my my boyfriend asked me, he was like, well, you know, you could. You know, you can still connect with those people. And I was like, I have to be honest. I don't think so. And it's only because if I do, I was I would never be able to grow like that. It was mm-hmm. it would be impossible for me to evolve ever because yes. they need me to stay in this role yes. because they're dependent yes. upon that person, not yes. new person. <laughs> and I do believe that, you know, with a certain level of transparency and a certain level of commitment within a relationship, whether friendship or otherwise, that people can evolve with you. Yes. Um, but they but there has to be trust transparency, honesty, um, and truth about what it is. You know what I'm saying? So yes. I know I, I I try not to subscribe to the whole cutoff game, right? Like whatever. But right. I do need people to understand that elevation does require separation. I don't glorify that because yes. I think our culture glorifies cutting people off. I like, cut it off. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. When you have like, when you actually like your friends, you know, when you actually enjoy your friends, it's not easy to cut people off. So True. I hate how we glorify that. You know, breaking up with somebody isn't easy. Right. But it is necessary for your growth. I'm just, I'm sorry to tell you, it is necessary. It, and I have found the same in my journey that there have been so many relationships that had to be realigned. I won't even say, you know, severed completely, mm-hmm. but most certainly realigned and placed properly. We have to properly place the people in our lives. I think that's very true. And I've, as I've grown, like over the years, I've definitely went back to like revisit friendships as the 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 version of myself that I was becoming and you know like some of them and we were able to you know keep it going and change um change the way the friendship operated like you were saying and some of them is just like nah because they like they really don't like they they're not here for it like they're not here for like that new version of you and they're constantly reminding you that you like you're acting different or and you know it's like okay well you know it's not gonna work so i'm with you like it's not a cutoff but like you said like you might have to stop speaking to somebody for a little while or you know just like maybe not answer the phone as much because you know they disturb your peace so yes um and that's a good and that's a telltale sign when it's time to realign because people who constantly remind you of who you used to be they are they're not welcome in your in your present state Mm -hmm. it's like okay yeah sure we can go down memory lane every now and then but we're not gonna stay there because i'm somebody else now yes i had to tell somebody that the other day i was like i don't do that anymore and yeah. it was an awkward pause there for like a long time and I let it yeah. stay because it was like yeah. you're not gonna be able to keep like 
telling stories like to new people yes. and you're referring to like oh me that these people didn't even know like i'm enough yes. i'm different like now. she gone baby. yeah like let's talk about the stuff that i do now like these yes. these things that i do now like the podcast and, and my business and like things yes. like that you know and you know what and i think that i think what we can do you know uh in a, a, a practical way we can um we can keep uh maybe older friendships relationships around is invite them into who we are now right it's like and you know what i've been noticing that you typically you know bring up old stuff about me but you know what are you interested in getting to know who i am today like i can tell you some new things that i do or what i'm doing now but i'd love to focus on that because some people don't know how to catch up with where you where you are now like for me um recently there was about a five and a half year time span where i was uh, i'm so i'm from the south i'm from alabama there was about a five and, a half, five and a half year time frame where I was in Utah, yes. far away from everything and everybody. When I came back to the South, moved to Nashville, I began to um, invite old friendships back. It was actually beautiful. It was like this revival and restoration of friendships. Yeah. But what I noticed was there wasn't a lot of a lot in common anymore because so much time had passed. Uh, of you know my college years and then you know living in Utah and all it had been so many years where like you know I was like well, I don't know you anymore so what I had to do was kind of like restart like hey you know what this is who I am now how about you come visit and visit me in Nashville and let and like let me invite you into my space now who I am now because mm. some folks just don't know how to catch up it's like it's like okay I know Michelle I, well, I, or I knew Michelle right but like I don't know who this is so all I can do is focus on like the, the old stuff so uh, I think very true that we just have to be we have it's case by case right it's scenario by scenario where you'll know when someone's trying to keep you in a box mm-hmm. versus someone who's just trying to you know it's like that's, that's all they know all they know is memory lane so Very yeah true. um for for those who are listening i just encourage you to evaluate and assess your relationships and see what's what and where there is misalignment get that thing right man yes that's very very good advice because like you said i think it does just come with people being like cut them off and like it's not really that easy like you know (laughs) it's like you know the people some people that i had to um you know cut communication with for a while were people that like i spent the past 15 years like with Mm. in close proximity and it's it was hurtful and it was lonely and isolating but you know sometimes with that that little bit of isolation you do get to start doing work like figuring out like why you are like you are which is because you know this is what I did want to uh, because we've been talking about kind of like how it shows up um with the listeners how does this like how do how does one like notice too like how does it affect their relationships or their jobs or like things that um that they do kind of on the daily like yeah it it affects everything you know even with you know back to the perfectionism thing even on my job uh my, my former job I was known as the girl who would just get it done you know my boss would throw something or a project at me you know and, I, and she knew regardless of if there's no proper process for this Allison's gonna figure it out and that came from the trauma like I need for you to approve of me so I will do whatever it takes to please you you know, mm-hmm. um, so that's the way it shows up in our professions or 
or how critical we are of ourselves. Because the mother womb tells us this lie that there's something fundamentally flawed with us. So we're, we're unable to see ourselves as good enough. So we can, like I said earlier, we can easily see beauty in others, but we struggle to see it with ourselves, um, whether it's inner beauty or, you know, outer beauty, whatever it is. And we even have hard times uh, getting compliments. Mm-hmm. Somebody compliments you and you find every reason, you know, to invalidate what they just said about you. Yes. You know, you, you don't deem yourself praiseworthy. Therefore, you're going to tell others why you are not praiseworthy. Like, oh, this is nothing. I've had this outfit for a long time. And yes. you're like, why does yes. that even matter? They don't yes. even know that. <laughs> like. yes. a, good, a good practical challenge to combat that is when someone gives you a compliment, challenge yourself to say thank you and nothing else. I do. to feel awkward. <laughs> I dated a guy a long time ago who, like, he was just like, he said it. He was just like, you just don't know how to take a compliment. He was like, just, like, just practice saying thank you. And I was just like, yeah. okay. And so, like, ever since then, and that's been, like, since 2008, I say thank you. And, like, I might do a little twirl for you or something. Like, I'm going to twirl. accept the fact that whatever you say, even if I didn't feel like that that day, like, like, like somebody saying you're beautiful and you're in the grocery store like for real okay girl yes. thank you yeah because the thing about it is what, what they're sharing they're sharing their truth with you yes. you can't invalidate their truth if they're saying girl you fly who am i to change their mind that's their perception <laughs> of you in the moment and yes. i i agree yes. like that's a big yes. thing and i think a lot of the time in um, black people, people of color, especially like women, like there's a whole lot of trauma there with any type of attention or anything because it's ingrained in us from back in the day. We don't really say things to people. We keep our mouths mm-hmm. closed, heads down, like that whole thing. And I wanted to just a little bit touch on how like our mothers have passed this to us how does like we know that our mothers are going to get this from their mothers but what do you think that somehow in a way like our mothers have had they had to give up something to for us and that somehow that I don't even want to call it resentment but yeah they don't really yeah. have the tools to give us anything yes. because they yes. didn't yes 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 that is so important so very important to understand that mother wounds are generational. Okay. And I would put all of my money on it that it is 100% factual that you have a mother wound because your mother has a mother wound. Okay. Um, so it is our responsibility to heal this unless we want to perpetuate the pain in our family. Right. Um, to keep it going. Mother wounds, you know, mother wounds beget mother wounds. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And it's true. And it's true. And, and our mothers most likely don't know that they have mother wounds, right? They right. Don't know. Um, They're not really in a like self-reflective internet exactly. culture to be like, exactly. why am I? They They're like, like mother wound what? Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to get into you know how my mom responds to this mother wound stuff. Girl, <laughs> it's like my mother I, believes I, in no. privacy. Period. Don't oh, talk yeah. about anything that's wrong with you or what you oh, think yeah. is wrong oh, yeah. with anyone else. Oh, so yeah. yes, and the thing about it is because you know. Uh, 
it, before before I began healing, I had a lot of resentment, anger, and unforgiveness, and bitterness toward my mom because I felt like you should have known how to love me. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, she didn't know. She did not know how to love me. Your mother, if you have a mother wound, your mother did not know how to love you. The truth is, she gave you the very best she could. Yes. Even if that very best created trauma in you, that literally was her very best. And we have to get to a place where we are grateful for what she did give us and where we understand. What happens is, this this happened for me. When I began to heal, my bitterness transformed to sadness for my mom because I was like, dang, if, if that was your best, that means you're also wounded. And I'm sorry for you. I wish you too were healed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, think of how sad that is that she, she, she can, we can only pour from um, what we have. Exactly. We can't pour from an empty cup. So we're talking about mothers who come to relationships empty and produce children and give their children their leftovers or whatever they have left, right? So, of course, a wound is going to be created because she has one herself. Of course, there's going to be some deficit because she has deficit herself. Um, and that pushed me to this just this place of compassion for her mm-hmm. and a place of forgiveness because, no, I'm not minimizing what happened. No, I'm not excusing her of anything. No, I'm not justifying but the truth is, she just didn't know any better. And I can't blame her for that. She did not know. Because if she did know, if my mom knew how to love me properly, she would have. I am I am sure of it. I'm right. sure of it. And I can measure that based on what she did do. Based on how she did bend over backwards in the areas that she did well in. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So we have to be well-rounded in how we perceive who our mother is. And knowing this, she's just a woman. She's just a woman. She's just a woman who became a mother. She's just a woman yes. who had all kinds of issues, all kinds of pain, all kinds of trauma, all kinds of whatever coming into the relationship with your father and creating a child. She is just a woman, you know, who who didn't know nothing about you. <laughs> you know right. It's a whole human being she's having to care for. She doesn't know. Maybe she should maybe she could have asked us more questions about how can I serve you? How can I love you? What do you need from me? But she just didn't know. So changing that and I'm I'm getting into kind of, you know, how we begin to heal stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, uh that that was super major is understanding that our mother they all also have mother bones but somebody has to stop the pain of the family or it will continue and i'm all about stopping generational curses and creating generational blessings you know what i'm saying absolutely and just another point like we talked about earlier like how to the outside like our our worlds were like perfect but I have to bring up like my mother did not grow up like me so like my mother um, they didn't have money. They didn't have yes. the means to do things. So I feel like a part of my mother's um, love for me was being able to give me everything that she could yes. within her means and make sure that I never wanted for anything or needed anything. So it's like nature versus nurture almost. It's like, yes. here's all the things yes. that you need. Now you grow yourself up because that's what I had to do. And yes. sometimes I feel like I'm like, well, I mean, I've actually had a conversation with her. I was like, I just want like my mother, like a hug, like not like the lecture and the how to fix it, like just compassion. And yes. like, and it's like, you know, yes, you've given me all the things, but I need like the emotional side of that. And I just I need know, you. Yeah. And I don't think that that's something I don't think I've ever heard her talk about, like hugs in her family or birthdays or things, mm-hmm. because that wasn't important, like surviving 
was yes. important and that was it yes. like if you could eat yes. you could drink you you had clothes and shoes then you should be able to you know do everything get everything mm-hmm. else that you need mm-hmm. um and I wrote down like a quote too um when I was reading something and it said um the daughter may unconsciously uh sense that her full empowerment may trigger the mother's sadness or rage at having had to give up parts of herself in her own life. And that touched on to where you were saying, like, it's this is just a woman who became a mother yeah. in a world that honestly was full of, like, patriarchy and all Hello. of that. And sh- all she was able to do was just be mom and none of the other things that she enjoyed doing anymore. Yeah. And how yeah. could that not make somebody just a little bit aloof and yes. not available you know yes, yes. <laughs> you don't get and, to write and, poetry anymore or paint or mm-hmm. go for walk or be alone like anything it's just mom all those things all those things um and i do i i, I resonate with that um with that quote it's so powerful and it's so very true um but that can't stop us from becoming our full selves. Absolutely. Um, we, we can't minimize who we are because of the fear of what it will create in our mothers. Yes. That's not, that's not on us. It's not our duty to, um, to care for her in that way. You know, that's not our mm-hmm. responsibility. Like, I don't choose to make those sacrifices. I don't want to yes. do that. Like, I don't want yes. children. So that was a big contention in my family. And it's just like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Girl. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do that. I mean, we are the same. <laughs> so it's just like, what? So that's already like a thing. But also like, I, because I didn't like my mother choose to have three kids and want like this whole thing. And it wasn't to say that her wanting those things was wrong. It's just that I'm creating my own way, my own life, and I'm living life on my own terms. And I think when I finally started to boundary that, even with mother, you know, it creates a little frustration in them and anger. And they start to act out like the kid almost. Yes, because you know why? There's this need, and this is a, this is another way that mother won't show up. There is this need for control. When you have a mother wound, you want to control stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of our mothers, because of course they have mother wounds themselves, they they also have this need for control. So when they are when they are unable to um, have things their way, and that sounds very really, very elementary, but I mean you know, no, it's true. What it is, <laughs> um, it shows up in different forms, you know. For us, though, this need for control, we, you, you talk about this whole survival mode. Um, we also were in survival mode growing up, you know, if mm-hmm. we have, you've experienced a mother wound. So what the, what happens is because of that emotional neglect and because now we're in survival mode, we are now, um, we have this an obsessive need to control our space, to control what happens around us because yes. our safety needs weren't met as a child. So now as an adult, it's very important for us to control um, how vulnerable we are or not, you know, what, what situations we place ourselves in or not, because we have a fear of ever feeling unsafe again or like yes. safety again. Um, and our inner child, it rises up in those moments to tell us this isn't safe. E- even if it's no threat, you know, it's like, this isn't safe. Uh-uh, shut down, shut down. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe we put, maybe we put up walls, emotional walls or whatever. Maybe we, you know, become guarded. To jet out of relationships when yeah, nothing is yeah. wrong because it starts to yeah. feel like they need more. 
Like, yes, because like our inner child is saying, nope, 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 red flag, red flag. But we, what we have to do is just say, hey, little girl, um, thank you. Thank you for trying to protect me, but I'm good. I got this. Yes, <laughs> people, like, you got to talk to your little girl in there because sometimes, yes. like, they just want, like, some reassurance yes. that, they like, they just want some reassurance. Yeah. They want like, re- because all they know is their pain. Right. And we've got to say, hey, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm, I'm okay here. I got and it. I trust myself enough to make decisions that will benefit me. So you just relax. You yes. don't have to control everything. And it comes up in this need for control. It even connects back to like what I was saying earlier about anxiety and OCD. Like even down to simple stuff like driving. I do not like driving. Girl. Be where I'm going. We are but, living the same life over here. <laughs> I just started driving again in 2020. I I don't, oof, I'm going to let you talk first. You go ahead. Seriously, it, but for me, it's, it's too far because I hate driving, but also I don't want to ride with nobody because I can't control the wheel. Me? I want to be able. <laughs> I can't. Like, people Seriously. would always be, like, sleep in the car with people, and I was, like, Ooh. wide awake. I don't care how long it Why? took me to get there. Like, I was up. Wide awake. I, I was your passenger driver because I wasn't going to sleep, but I also didn't want to drive. Here's the thing, though, as if we could do anything if something went off, right? What, what are we gonna do in the backseat? Nothing. <laughs> well, then there's that thing that's feeling like you always like have to be the yes. the strong person, the in control yes. person. So if it was an accident, you spring into yes. action because you like yes. feel like you need to yes. like control the situation. Still, yes. let me call nine one one. Let me give everybody a yes. mouth to mouth. I got everything. Yes. And I got this. I, yeah. I got this. Like anxiety, like yes. I've I've overcome it with managing to start like breaking down these sorts of things, figuring out what was causing me anxiety mm-hmm. and why. And I've been able to like work through it properly, but like there was just a whole lot like I couldn't even explain like explain the non-driving thing. Like I was so mm-hmm. nervous in the car. Like yeah. I just thought something was gonna happen like any moment and it just yeah. It created. I like. I was very glad when that was over because I think everybody thought I was insane because I was queen drive before this, and then like for a year I just could not get in that car and like go places. I had to tell people I'm like I can't make the party or I couldn't do something. Like it was. It it got strange. Like yeah, this is why it's so important to know ourselves because we have these behaviors that, that, that seem odd and strange especially to other people and we are unable to explain in a way but when you start healing and digging you you're like wait how is me driving the car connected to my mother well, what mm-hmm. but all of these things are interconnected yeah it matters for us to give language to this so that we can heal and thrive we i'm not saying if you don't want to drive cool but back to what i said about that motivating factor if you don't want to drive just because it's, you know maybe it just makes you feel better to be Side, cool, but if you don't want to drive because of it, it's a fear, mm-hmm. that is not a place that God wants you living in. God did not give us a spirit of fear, He didn't, he didn't. right? Um, and, and the word talks about how perfect love casts out fear, so we have to invite the love of God that you know you may enter this place of healing and flow out of abundance, not fear. That is yes. not a healthy place to live in. You know, we can't just keep saying, Well, you know, I just don't like to drive, so can you drive? No, how about like let's talk about why that's not okay, exactly. This so, yeah, is... I'm, I'm happy that you've been on this journey because, man, it's it's such a it's it's such a um, restricting, bound life to live. You know, it's mm-hmm. like being shackled. You know, and being imprisoned in your own life like that's not okay. 
I noticed when it when I started to go on the other side of it was when I started to allow myself vulnerability. Like I started the podcast and I told my story like about how Mm -hmm. I just, how I ended up at this very moment. And it's not what you guys all saw, all the smiles, all the laughs, like underneath all that was a narcissistic relationship, death, divorce, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And people were just like, what? And I'm like, you see how easy it is for people to pretend like everything is like perfect in their lives. And once I started to really like, oh, like open myself up to a relationship, like, and I told this person, I was like, this is the most honest I've ever been in my life. I'm horrified. I'm terrified of what it's going to be like. But then, like you said, that I broke through that fear portion and I'm like, you know what? This person is in your life for a reason. It's teaching you something new. If this thing were to end, it's because it's supposed to. It's a cycle. You move forward. There's something else for you. And that's living in abundance. That's saying that what's for me is for me is already here for me what doesn't need to be here will be removed if i'm open to allowing things to flow just to flow (laughs) like just go with the flow like i'm not trying to control anything anymore if somebody doesn't want to be with me and somebody doesn't want to be my friend if somebody doesn't want me to come to something i'm no longer being like why and and Mm -hmm. forcing because i forced something and (laughs) that was a wild year ride of everything that I did not want just coming to fruition and I was just like wow like this this has to (laughs) this has to pan out but vulnerability I always tell everybody I'm like that's the quickest way to freedom and finding out like your purpose like what you're here to do Mm -hmm. my pastor says this there is no victory without vulnerability and it's, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow but it is true it's It's so true so I do want to um share with the audience like how can we how can we start healing this what does the healing for this look like yes I'm gonna just keep it a book with you the healing journey ain't pretty okay (laughs) and it (laughs) never ends (laughs) let me just get that out the way it ain't pretty but it's so worth it and let me tell you this whoever's listening you are worthy of healing and wholeness you are worth the time the energy it takes to heal from your pain and trauma you are worth that you are worth what what, what sacrifice will be necessary to heal um, yes. So yeah, I actually have a I have a mother wound healing program, and I go through six weeks, and I break down what I um, say are the steps to healing. And um, firstly, we have to identify the wound. You know, we have, this is where we start asking ourselves questions about our behaviors and relationships and these things that we talked about. You know, how it shows up. We have to then say, okay, you know, this is a thing I acknowledge that it's there. I desire healing, so let me be truthful and honest about what it is, about what my relationship with my mother is, about what my childhood really was. We have to be brutally honest with ourselves about what it is. From that point, we can then begin to transform our perspective. Yes. And, um. In, in, the, uh, in my mother wound sessions, I talk about how we have to change our perspective of three people. One of ourselves, yes. one of who God is, and then one of who our mother is. Yes. Um, and I talk about that, about, you know, our mother is just a woman. Yes. We have to go from this place of, you know, putting her on this pedestal, like, you know, she was just supposed to know. And I think, you know, this, like, culture of, like, you know, 
perfection and fairy tales and Disney stories, mm-hmm. you know, gives us this idea that our mother is supposed to be our best friend and that we just never promised to us, you know? Right. So we have to shift our perspective of our mother, shift our perspective of ourselves, where we go from victim to victor um, and we take control of um, or take responsibility, should I say? Yes. Take responsibility of our portion because no, we didn't create the womb, but we are responsible for healing it. That may not be fair, but it's just the truth. The and it comes from us, but it ends with us. He and like also, I like I always want to tell people like just because you're healing does not mean that your mother is on board. So Hello. don't think that they're Hello. interconnected because she might not. Hello want to go down the road with you but you still got to do it she has to come to it on her own on her own and the beautiful thing about healing is thank god that our healing isn't dependent on her getting on board thank god you don't have to wait on her to see it we can heal without we can heal without her we would hope that she come along alongside alongside us and heal with us we would hope that she gets it and and hears us and listens we'd hope that but we what i tell my um the folks in my healing program I can't promise you that your mother's going to get it what I can promise you is that the healing that you will receive it will fortify your identity it will skyrocket your confidence and you're going to have radical self-love that alone is worth the healing so yeah transforming your perspective of who even God is I'm a believer and first and foremost, when I, you know, talk about healing, when we talk about healing, I want to go to the, the healer, you know, who is, yes. who is the epitome of healing, and that's God. And the thing about it is we, 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 th- we think of God in this masculine sense because, you know, we, we say stuff like Father God and Heavenly Father and all these things like that because um, westernized Christianity is... Uh, westernized Christianity has perpetuated patriarchal systems mm-hmm. that are abusive and dominating and oppressive. Um so uh, I had to transform who I saw God as. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when you break down what Holy Spirit means in the Bible and in its original text, you understand that Holy Spirit means helper. Holy Spirit means mother. Yes. So you're saying God the Father, God the Son, God the Mother. Now that I see God as the Mother, I can now go to go to Heavenly Mother and take this wound and allow Holy Spirit to fill me in a way that my mother couldn't. It's hard for me to go to my dad, my heavenly father, about something I don't see him fulfilling. You know, I don't go to my dad about mommy issues. But when I now see him as who he really is, who is God the father, God the son, and God the mother, I can then say, all right, God, help me with this. You know what I'm saying? Fill me in a way where where she couldn't. Um, Fill me with your love. I know she tried, but she missed the mark. And your word says that you'll never leave or forsake me. And your word says that even though mothers and fathers may fail us, you won't. So give mm. me the mercy and give me the grace and give me the love where she couldn't. Uh, so me, so having yes. having the transformation of who we see God, ourselves, and our mother is critical to our healing. Exactly. Girl, um, a word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, what I say step three is and once we have identified the wound, transformed our perspective, we can then go into forgiveness and grief. Forgiveness sounds like, okay, sure, that's part of it. But grief, we sometimes don't put enough emphasis on. Mm-hmm. We have we skip to it. One, for, forgive our mother, you know, um, 
but two, grieve what we wanted. Grieve the fairy tale we dreamed of. Yes. Grieve what we thought we deserved. Grieve what we did not get. We have to grieve it like like it's like a real death. Exactly. Grieving grieving isn't exclusive to natural death. It's, it, it, it can include uh, grieving a dead dream, grieving mm-hmm. a lost job, grieving a friendship. Like grief is is um, a universal experience. Exactly. Because um, people do think that they just have to skip over that. You can yeah. miss those things. Like you can yes. miss, like you said, the job. You can miss those people. Yes. But if you keep it all inside and you don't ever say, you know what? I miss that person. And it makes me sad. And I want to cry. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to cry. Like, then you leave. I feel like you leave all that energy, like, inside. And yes, you stay stuck. You stay stuck there. Yes. You just remain in this stagnant place when you don't grieve properly. Exactly. You, just, you know, you won't accept the reality of what it is. You know, that's what staying stuck is. It's not fully accepting what your rea- what your reality is. You know, this person died and you just can't wrap your mind around it. And it hurts and it's painful. But in order to move forward and progress and, and you know, in, in your divine timing, you have to accept the reality of what it is. Okay, you know what? I wanted my mother to love me this way, but she didn't. So here we are. How do we move forward? I wanted a BFF out of my mom, but I don't have that. Here we are. How do we move forward? My mother neglected me, you know, and, and she shouldn't have. Okay, but let's, here we are. How do we move forward? So that grieving process is very necessary for our healing. So once you've forgiven and, uh, and, and gone through the grief, you then get to a place, this is step four, of where you implement boundaries. Yes. This is a place where our self-love begins to, to grow and our self-love begins to progress. And then we say, you know what? Um, maybe I can't call my mom every day because the conversations aren't productive and because they're going to end up with us arguing. Or maybe I can't visit home as, as often as I used to because the holidays are toxic now. Mm-hmm. Um, or, 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 or whatever that looks like for you. You know, begin to place those boundaries. And not just with your mother, but in all of your relationships. Because mm-hmm. again, the mother will fix every single relationship. Mom, yes. Uh, sister, dog, co-worker, friend, bestie, um, colleague, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever. The mother wants to fix every relationship. So we have to begin to implement boundaries um, in all these relationships. Once we've done that, we can then start to honor our mother. Because like I tell the folks in my mother own um, healing program, the Bible is still right. I believe in the Bible. Yes. And it tells us one of the commandments is to honor your mother and father. Right? We don't, we are not excused or exempt from that commandment simply because we're wounded. We still must honor them. But that does not look like being abused or setting ourselves up in a position where we, you know, just blindly obey anything like that. No, that's not what honor is. I can honor my parents by stopping this pain. I can honor my parents by uh, killing this generational curse. I can honor my parents by putting in boundaries. I can honor my parents, you know, by getting to know them better. What do you like? You know, what makes you tick? How was your How was your childhood, mom? You know, like yes. getting to know them, like all these different things. You know, even just praying for your mom, praying that God would heal her her mother wound. That is a, a an example of honor. You know, that's powerful. Um, yeah, because sometimes yeah. you and, do just have to say, you know, like 
in my instance, like this conversation didn't go the way I wanted it to. And then I do that other part where I say, well, if this like if this would have went the way that I would have liked it, this is what I would have liked to hear. So I say that to my inner child, like this is how I would have wanted that to go. And then at, at the end of that, I pray that like she might come to some sort of resolution a little later and we can talk in a couple days or something. But I pray for her. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And lastly, um, I I tell folks that we have, we have to properly manage our expectations. Yes. Um, (laughs) Like we said earlier, there is no there. And a lot of what I did when I first began healing, because I was doing this thing solo, just not knowing what to do and figuring it out of my home Mm -hmm. and figuring it out as I go. And I kept beating myself up, you know, when I would get triggered again. Mm-hmm. I would be like, dang it, like, why am I triggered? I thought I was healed. Mm. And what, I, what I've come to understand is healing is not the absence of triggers. Sometimes healing is just the decrease in frequency of those triggers. Sometimes and, healing... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and sometimes, like... Those triggers are a part of the lesson. Like they come back yes. up just to see if you've mastered or, yes. you know, at least in this moment, you've mastered like figuring yes. out what the trigger is, like yes. handling it and then moving forward with the with not the coping mechanisms, but the things that you put in order to be successful mm-hmm. and not reacting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like that's yeah. very important. Yeah. And I think that's that's one way we manage, right, is we recognizing the trigger, right? That mm-hmm. That is progress, right? That's... And then the next time it happens, well, maybe it was a longer time period between the last trigger and this one, right? Yes. That's progress. Maybe you responded differently to the trigger. That's progress. All of those things, that's the healing. Yes. You know? We won't get to this ultimate place of, oh, I'm here now. No, we have to see the healing in all those little uh, progressions. That is beautiful. So properly managing our expectations will center us and ground us in this journey, knowing that if we keep moving forward, God will honor the process and give us give us peace of mind and um, and, and, and help us to love ourselves, to love our mother properly, to love those around us, to be in healthy relationships. All things will begin to flow and operate beautifully, and we will open ourselves up for abundance and love and peace. So, yeah, like those are the ways that I say, you know, you you identify the wrong, transform your perspective, forgive your mother, grieve the fairy tale relationship, implement boundaries, honor your mother, and then manage your expectations. Oh my God, this was so good. <laughs> like every now and then I'm like over on the other side, guys, just doing like a little dance because the information <laughs> is so good. And when I went past um, Ali's course on uh, my son on Instagram, I was like, oh my God, like this is coming full circle. These are my little synchronicities of stuff because I was going through my own thing. And I was like, wow, she's doing a course on that. I have to get her on the show to talk about this because um, a lot of my girlfriends, too, are also doing inner child work and mother wound work. And they just kind of all go together. And I know that... um, um, the listeners would love to um, to hear about this and like to yeah. know what to do about it because this is another like 
exponential part of like growth like Mm -hmm. to like the next degree which you can kind of like you say you don't get to blame this on your zodiac side (laughs) like it's not not, this is not like it's like this is not a gemini thing this is not a capricorn (laughs) thing this is like some deep rooted things that are like inside of you that you do unconsciously like and you need to figure out like why you are doing these things Omar, I'm so glad that you came on. I'm going to take just a little break so we can hear from the sponsors and then we'll come back and do the daily gratitude. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. As you all know, I'm super excited that we're finally like getting into a new year. (laughs) We all know um, 2020, I feel like the best one that I heard, it was called like a dumpster fire year. <laughs> and like somehow just seeing the dumpster on fire with 2020 always makes me laugh, even though we know that it was really meant for us to be doing some of this self work <laughs> that we've been talking about. So 2021 was good for me. I've as that, um, person who needed to heal the mother wound of, of always being busy, doing something overextending to actually like get a free sit down with nothing really to do was transformative for me but it was also like lessons popped up but we're gonna go uh, straight into the daily gratitude this is the section where we just talk about what we're grateful for um and i'll start with Allie today you can do the guest gratitude first yeah, my uh, my daily gratitude is actually not so much personally about me. It's actually about this nation. I am really grateful that um, the covers are off and people see America for who she truly is. That is my daily gratitude. Listen. People can't. People can no longer deny. You know, <laughs> like it's we're a hot mess. It's and, really and at this point. At this point, if you deny it, you are it's a deliberate decision for deception. Because yeah. you cannot lie anymore and say that this country is anything other than uh <laughs> racist, yeah, bigoted, uh, Girl. Uh, I just admit, the so big giant a- patriarchy. Because I've been having I've actually had a few separate conversations about like with men about them still having privilege and then like trying to explain to them that I'm also black and a woman. Okay. Like I have a double, like I got double things that I'm trying to fight like on a constant. So I'm glad too, that like the wool is off. Like we have to, it's nothing else left, but like they just, they're out (laughs) here. And one of my favorite spiritualists was like, do you want them to wear the hoods or do you want to see them? And I'm like, I want to actually see them. Don't hide behind the hood anymore. Come on out. I like my racism served straight with no chase. Let me see see who you are. Don't hide behind anything anymore. And I'm glad it's coming out. Like it's, people are coming for next. Yeah. It makes me grateful because we, uh, we have black folks in regard, you know, I'm talking about black folks when I say we. Yeah. We have been screaming for the nation to just hear us and see us. Yes. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? This is the land of the freedom of the brave. You guys are great. You guys are just like us. Everything, girl, same and opportunities. Now, and you're like, no. And now, like, when, you know, with that, with that um, coup attempt at the, at the Capitol, we were able, black folks collectively were just sitting there with our feet up like, huh, y'all see now. <laughs> Girl, oh my God. I was over here like, woo, you can tear it down if you yeah. want to. Set it, it on fire. A collective, a collective sigh of relief. Like, oh, glad we ain't out there. <laughs> yeah, you can set it on fire. We don't care what you do in there. Like, we're just, that's not our building. 
<laughs> like it ain't got nothing to do with us. So yeah, that's uh, my daily gratitude. It's like, ooh, y'all finally see. Yes, thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, I just want to say I'm grateful for it, and I, I feel like mine are always on par. Like I love community, and I'm so grateful that I was able to share this space with you. And I just, I am. It makes me so good. Like I said, I always tell people, I love to talk. So I have to have like more guests on because I like to fellowship. And I love that your podcast is about thoughts from a millennial's perspective on everything because we're up next. It's time for us to take over and to heal so that we can create like a new world. Like it's just time. It's happening. It's happening. The old structures have got to go. They've got to come down. They are crumbling before our eyes. And we just get joy. Like, let it fall. Same thing. Same thing. So they're along the same line. And I'm like going to keep speaking with thinkers like you and creatives like you about what's going on with us. So as we get black people healed, it's OV for the people. That's oh, all I'm trying man. to say. What? <laughs> like, what? When the black family is healed? Oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's over, fam. Like, we got our own thing. Like, so, you know, it's not really going to be about being included in yours at all once we get all the healing done. So I'm really, I'm like, I'm super excited about 2021. Um, We're going to wrap up this episode again. This was episode number 50, 59, Real Talk About Healing the Mother Wound with Allie Brown from the Shades of Brown podcast. Um, Allie, I want to give you a chance to just tell the listeners where they can find you, how to get in touch with you, how to take that course, all of it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Everything Allie D. Um, there, you go to my link in my bio and you can then get to my podcast, which is on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, that, that again is Chase and Brown podcast and you can also find my mother room course there I do them in six week sessions um, and I'm just about to um, open up enrollment for the next six week session so if you're interested in getting on this journey to heal your mother room please check me out go to, my, go, to, go to the link in my bio at everything LED and um, sign up sign up I would love to have you I would love to partner with you on this journey and help you get the healing and wholeness you deserve and uh, everything else that I'm doing um, is also on there so yeah check me out again that's everything LED this was great. And I'll make sure to include all that info in the show notes for everybody. Um, and any type of media that we put out, we'll make sure that we have Allie tagged and all the places that you can find her. Again, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Real Talk with Michelle podcast. And I'll talk to you again soon. Bye, guys. Hi guys, one more quick thing before you go. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can listen to Real Talk with Michelle on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. You can also catch up on the podcast on YouTube at the same name, Real Talk with Michelle. Make sure you hit the notification button to be notified when new episodes go up. You can also like the Facebook page, Real Talk with Michelle, and give us a follow on Instagram at Real Talk with Michelle Podcast. You can also leave voice notes and anchor. And if you would like to send in your guest gratitudes or you'd like to be featured on a future episode or you have topic suggestions, you can email at realtalkwithmichelle at gmail.com.
If you would like to support the podcast, you can at www.anchor.fm. That's F as in Frank, M as in Mary, backslash Real Talk with Michelle, backslash support. Thanks for tuning in again to this episode of Real Talk with Michelle. I am so grateful for you. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.